You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Hello, good morning, good afternoon to everyone. This is Radio Mayapur, the link to your heart. We are in the Holidam, Sridam Mayapur, the center of the universe, spiritual capital of the world. Today is a very beautiful day. There's nice sunshine. The cold is going less and less. <laughs> it's becoming warmer during the day. It's still cool in the night, so you can sleep with a blanket. Usually you sleep under the fan because it's very, very hot. Today we are very fortunate to have with us uh, Jaya Krishna Das. And uh, he was born in Kenya. He's 60 years old, but he joined in the UK. I know him for a long time. He's a very close friend of mine, and we did some drama together. We had a lot of fun. And now he's visiting Mayapur, so I thought, why not interview these wonderful devotees and do a podcast with him? Welcome, Jai Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, so nice. Uh, also, we should know that uh, Jai Krishna Prabhu is involved. He was involved, I don't know now. Still going Still strong. Still going involved, Still strong, going strong with the Bhattivedanta players uh, in a drama. And uh, the famous UK temple donated by George Harrison, that was, is the, it's called the? Bhaktivedanta Manor. Bhaktivedanta Manor, which is in a beautiful location outside of London. How far is from London, actually? It's about 10 miles or something. Okay, not so bad. I've been there many times, but I don't remember how long it takes from from the city to go to. Yeah, to this, um, not so easy accessible, Public transport uh, takes Not, you to yeah. about uh, two miles away, then you just catch right. a cab or something like that. Right. I went always with a friend with cars, and mm. somebody dropped me in, and we had a wonderful time. Sometimes I spent, I think one time I spent three ta- three months in a manner, and I was cooking every morning fra- breakfast, because after three days, breakfast was only apple tea and, <laughs> and what was the porridge <laughs> and I said you eat this every day they said yes this is England I said can I make a breakfast for you I'm from Italy they said yeah we love it and then we make some focaccia calzone nice. and the body really enjoy I even trained somebody to do it I don't know if you're still doing but mm-hmm. anyway so Jack Krishnapur tell us a little bit about your background uh, you joined you were very very young and uh, tell us a bit about your family, father, mother, children, I mean, brother, sister. Where did you grow? Because you are from Kenya. Mm-hmm, so right. Kenya is in, is in Africa. Yeah. So what happened basically um, in the 50s, a um, lot of the British, they were shipping or inviting people from India to their colonies to do some work, railway work. And then uh, my father took this opportunity and he went to um, Kenya in a small town called Kutus. And there he was um, a businessman, a merchant, and he had two cloth shops. Wow. So then um, we grew up over there for a little while. Um, We are 12 children all together. Wow. And um, um, seven of them are initiated. Nice. Then it's gone. And many of them had uh, association with Srila Prabhupada. Jai. One of them was like a hair breath away from taking initiation, but then he got cold feet. Um, And then we lived there for a little while. And then Africa is always a bit of a political turmoil. So then my father thought, okay, things are not going so well. Then we decided in 68, 69 to move. Then we came to India. My parents are originally from Gujarat. Oh, okay. Uh, the biggest migration of Indians, um, at least in the 50s, 60s, and the 70s, were the Gujaratis. They're the business type of people. They know how to make good taka, how to make <laughs> money. <good> money. <laughs> yeah. So then um, we went, went, went back to Gujarat. Um, the kids didn't settle down there so well, so then the father brought us all to um, London. London was an austere place. The day I arrived, um, when the plane door opened, it was snowing. My first experience of snow. <laughs> I was a bit um, shocked and excited as well. And then we went to my uncle's house. So there was uh, 12 of us plus a mom and dad. 
and their family all in a three-bedroom house. So um, we were living Indian style. <laughs> Intense. So we were living like that for a good few months until we got our own place. And then, obviously, um, living in a foreign place, not always easy. Your cultural identity, you don't know. Your spiritual identity. And then um, there was one area which was a promotely Indian area called Southall. My brother was over there. Maybe he was missing India. <laughs> and then one devotee, I even remember his name. His name was Christos. Christos. Yeah. Wow. Um, from France. And then he approached my uh, brother, then uh, gave him a back to God, an invitation to Seven Bari Place for the Sunday feast. Everyone remembers the famous, famous Sunday feast, especially in the 70s. There were a knockout. <laughs> Lots of prashada and kirtan yeah. and nice. Then um, he was going then. Obviously, he, he was very attractive. The devotees were so kind. They were very, very welcoming. And then um, I was very, very young at that time. And I went a couple times with my brother to Bari Place. But then um, we found that Bhaktivedanta Manna opened in 73. And then um, we started going over there. So we only had one car. Um, Obviously, we had a lot of people in our family, so there wasn't always room for everyone in the car, and I was uh, the lowest in the rank. <laughs> I was one of the young ones, so I didn't get it, so I used to cycle at the seven miles uh, because Amazing. we loved it so much. The devotees were so nice, so kind. Um, I remember one day just turning up and just deciding I wanted to stay there. I was only about um, 12, 13 didn't come with any clothes or anything, and the devotees they just housed me nicely. gave me He gave me his own sleeping bag, and he didn't even, he just slept bare. And um, I don't know, it was this kindness that kind of really attracted me. And my first service was gardening, so we were doing gardening. So then uh, me and my brothers would cycle or catch a train nearby or bus and then walk the rest. And then we were doing gardening and things like that. And of course, I don't know if you remember, um, the four o'clock maha was really, really special. In those days, cakes and things were not so easily accessible. Here in Mayapur, every corner you <laughs> take this cakes, cakes, maha prashadam. So in those days, um, cakes and those nice sweet things were very, very rare. So um, we used to cycle it all the way seven miles just to get some of that maha, you know. <laughs> if you came too late... Gone. Boom, it was gone, you know. Um, and there was one devotee, his name was Jagadija. He was a really nice Mangalati sweet maker. Wow. Ooh, those sweets were really, really. Sandesh wow. and all this. Rasgulas and barfis. So many famous stories of devotees stealing. <laughs> so I was about 12, 13, I was going and... Uh, the local devotees there, Bhuma Dev, Sripati, they ran a little kind of a drama troupe over there. Mm. It was called Chit. Chit uh, stands for Chaitanya's Instant Theatre. Wow. So the British were famous or are famous for their kind of dramas. In fact, um, when Mukunda Maharaj was coming to England, he asked Srila Prabhupada, is there any specific instructions you like to help us that can you know help us in England? And Prabhupada said, the British... They like the dramas. If you do nice dramas, you can conquer England with drama. Amazing. Amazing. So that was a nice instruction Shri Prabhupada gave to Mukunda Goswami. Um, and then the devotees spontaneously formed this, and then I used to help them. I was a little monkey. <laughs> and I remember my first kind of um, experience. I was a little monkey. I was quite small at that time, a little bit chubby now. <laughs> But I was quite light. So then they had this scene with uh, Kumbhakarna. So the idea was that I would run up to Kumbhakarna. That was Dhananjaya Prabhu, Srila Prabhupada, senior hey. disciple. He was very big, over six foot, and I was a little pep squeak. And the idea was that he would pick me up and then throw me off stage. Wow. And somebody was supposed to catch yeah. me. In rehearsals, it worked. But when we did the actual play, the devotee was supposed to uh, catch me. <laughs> he, he was him. just talking. And then I just went flying, <laughs> crashed on the side. But um, I bounced back up. Um, 
so there was many, many nice, wonderful memories, and we would go traveling all over in Bradford, in Wembley, in Birmingham, doing dramas. And the devotees somehow not attracted me. In Krishna consciousness, there's different ways people come to yes. Krishna consciousness. One, if you're suffering, then somehow or another you get attracted to the philosophy, then they come. Some people are gobsmacked by the prashadam. They've never tasted anything like it. There was one devotee, um, he was explaining, they were, he was a hippie, he came to the manor, he just heard about the Hare Krishnas and he tasted some date halava Whoa. for the first time. It blew his taste bud. <laughs> and he never, ever left the temple. <laughs> he joined straight away. So some people attracted by that, some people attracted by the philosophy. Prashadam wasn't my thing because my mom was a very, very good cook. Um, yeah, and she affectionately was known as Ma Patel. Um, Ma devotees, Patel. the sannyasis, they would all come and eat her at my mother's place. So there's different ways people come to Krishna consciousness, but for me it was the devotees. The devotees kind of um, made it for me. They were so kind, they were so um, loving, especially when I was kind of growing up because in the schools there was a lot of bullying going on. There was a bit of racism, so the yeah, because you are Indian body, yeah. so then the white people they kind of yeah. harass you, or they consider you less. Yeah. So then I couldn't understand why the people in the school were giving me a hard time, but the white devotees were being so kind. So I said I would like to be like that. So then my brother joined, and my parents weren't so happy. So he joined in '78, um, and then. Um, I joined. Why your why your parents weren't so happy? That's a good question because in Indian culture generally, um, bhakti is only done tora tora. <laughs> a little, a little bit. bit. We know that even Shri Prabhupada asks many uh, Indian families, "You have many children. You please give me one, and I'll make them into a first class Vaishnavas." And no one offered. So Indians they like their kind of um, Indian identity but they don't like it too much. A little, little bit, Torah, Torah. <laughs> so then uh, when my brother joined, uh, because there was quite a few other brothers, then um, they accepted it. Then the next year, then I joined. And then, of course, my father was very, very upset about it. Anyway, and then the following year, my third brother joined, and that was it. <laughs> my father had enough. So then when he came there, he called the police. <laughs> to take him away. Anyway, so then I stayed there, and um, as I was mentioning, on the weekends I would just come and stay. Then one day we were staying at the manor, and then uh, we got uh, news that Srila Prabhupada is coming. Wow. And we were so happy. Which year it was? Then? This was 1977. 77. But even before that we would go see Prabhupada in 76, 75, you know, because... Yeah, um, the devotees were so kind. Uh, Rajendra Kumar Swami, Mukunda Goswami, they would just bring a van and they knew that if we just bring the Patel family, that would fill half the temple room. <laughs> 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 so then the devotees would come and drive us. Of course, I was a little bit of a pep squeak. So I would just go and play and just uh, because I was only like, you know, 11, 12, you know. Only when I started getting a bit older, then I began to realize then this was in 77. So. We were so excited, and then um, I remember this moment when Srila Prabhupada came in the courtyard over there. It was a little, you know, England is famous for its little rain or drizzle. Then the car, there was like hundreds of devotees, and they came from all over Europe, all over England, literally hundreds of them. And then they all offered obeisance to Prabhupada. It was a big kirtan, and they brought Prabhupada inside. And he greeted Radha Gokulananda. Then he went in the back of the Vyasa Sun. He sat over there. And then he stayed there for a little while. And then um, as we were going upstairs, Tamakrishna Maharaj, he made an announcement that Srila Prabhupada is going upstairs. And we are noticing that people are touching Prabhupada's feet. We don't want anyone to touch Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. He's not well or anything like that. So then I was just next to Prabhupada going by the palaquin. Then I saw Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. Then Tamar Krishna Maharaj's instruction was going in my head, 
don't touch his feet, then I'm thinking at this time I realized that Srila Prabhupada is the most incredible person and I don't know if I'm ever going to get this opportunity. I was only about 13, then I, with both of my hands, I touched Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. Wow. And it was the most amazing experience. And it was such a far-out experience um, that I decided to go for second helpings. Then I ran quickly, and I was trying to touch for the second time. Then I heard a big thud right on my chest, and I was like looking at some stars and birds going, cuckoo. Guru Kripa, he kind of like Guru Kripa. gave one to me. I told him the story later on, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. We were so heavy in those days, you know. Anyway, it didn't bother me, you know. Then we went upstairs. Prabhupada gave some nice darshan. Prabhupada wasn't feeling so well. And then um, Prabhupada's first question was, are the devotees getting nice prashadam? So even though his health wasn't so well, um, his first concern was, are the devotees getting nice pressure? Then he talked a little bit. And then um, Jai Teta was um, the GBC in charge. And he says, uh, your name is Jai Teta. You have made Bhaktivedanta Manda Teta, so I've come to take shelter of you. It was such a nice uh, saying. And then Prabhupada was given, you can see it on the video, Prabhupada was given this uh, plate of different fruits. And, and then... Prabhupada just went straight for the mango and he just took a mango and he took some and then he put it on the plate. And then Tamar Krishna Maharaj asked everyone to leave. So this one devotee, his name was Bhakta, Bhagavad Bhakta. Um, he was a very tall devotee. Bhakta what? Bhagavad Bhakta. Bhagavad Bhakta. Bhagavad Bhakta. Bhagavad. Bhagavat, Bhagavat, Bhagavat. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, was like Bhagavat Prashad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that Bhagavat, not, 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 um, not the American one. No, 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 no. Somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, he was given the plate of the Mahaprasadam and he held it tight so no one could uh, get it. Then he grabbed me by the neck because I knew him. He was the gardener and he pulled me downstairs and he lowered the plate and I was there and he took Prabhupada's mango the one he had, and he put it right in my hand. Ooh. Amazing. So, such mercy. Um, so I had some Prabhupada's lotus feet, then I had Prabhupada's mango, and it doesn't even end there. And then a few days later was uh, Balaram's appearance day. Then we were all sitting in the courtyard, and everyone was eating um, the Balaram feast. And of course, it's one thing you do is you never disturb a devotee and his prashadam time. Is a totally fixed Ekakuru Nandana. So everyone was eating, and those days the feasts were phenomenal, Amazing. phenomenal feasts. And then uh, one devotee came and he had uh, Prabhupada's plate, and then um, I just happened to be the right place, right okay. situation. <laughs> and then because everyone was so observed in the prasadam, no one noticed the servant. And then one devotee went and he asked the question, What did Prabhupada eat? And then said, Prabhupada ate this, and he gave it to that devotee. I was just a young kid, and I just said, oh, what did Prabhupada eat? I followed what he said, and he gave me a rolled pancake in honey. He said, Prabhupada ate this pancake, and he gave me that. So I had Balaram's rolled honey pancake that Prabhupada that ate. What a mercy. And then a few days later, they were clearing Srila Prabhupada's um, rooms, and they were getting some of this old clothes, and then another devotee, he was very kind to me somehow or another, and gave me Prabhupada's own bead bag. Wow. So somehow or another, within five, six days, I was getting boom, 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 left, right, and center, Shira Prabhupada's <laughs> mercy. You got surcharged with this uh, Prabhupada blessing and mercy. Amazing. So then I joined the temple, and then... Um, even before that, we used to go and do Sankitan every Saturday, every Sunday. We used to go Sankitan. You go to London? You go to London, all the Wembley's, uh, Indian areas, knocking door to door. And then we go to Leicester, Birmingham. And then when I joined, then that was my full time service. So there was about 10 of us. So some of you might remember Shruti Dhamprabhu, a great yes. devotee from, uh, and then Atmani Veda Maharaj. And Godruma Prabhu, Dwarkapuri Prabhu, there was a core of about 10, 12 devotees who would just go traveling. And I was uh, the temple, the Sankitan cook, so I never cooked in my life. So that's Sankitan devotee said, you go and watch one DT offering, 
I was just observing, and it says that's it. Now you're a you're the cook. Yeah. <laughs> so then we went traveling, and we would do book distribution, Hari Nams, and all sorts of um, spiritual activities. And because we are all young devotees, um, the temple were a little bit worried about the parents coming and nicking us because in the past Indian devotees came. And the parents, they brought like a mob of 20, 30 people trying to reclaim their kid back. So then they just decided to ship us away for a little while. It was good. It was very, very fun. It was very, very austere. Um, but there was a nice, strong brotherhood we had. And we have such a nice relationship. And then later on, um, I don't know if you know from actually, um, we bought a big juggernaut. And they converted that into a, like a traveling temple for about 10, 15 people to live in there with a nice. kitchen, shower facility. Um, interesting enough, it ended up in Italy. I'm not sure what's <laughs> happened to it. But then with this, we would go do Sankitan, and devotees would then, it would open the sides up, and uh, people can come, and then the side would turn into a platform, and you'd do dramas, lectures, and kirtans, and then you pack up, you go to another town, Harinam distribution, leaflets, and in the weekends we would have these festivals. And nice. this is how we. And then we did that for many, many years. Then um, afterwards, um, I became a pujari um, because I became a bit of a cook. Um, <laughs> so then they needed some cooks. So then I came back and started cooking and doing pujari service. Um, and then I became a full-time pujari, and then at the same time, in the traveling sankirtan party or in the temple, I was a full-time uh, the cook there. But I did the cooking, but then also did sankirtan. Right. But then at Paktivedanta Manor, then I became a full-time um, because pujari. Yeah, there was some kind of you know. Obviously, everyone knows the history, so you know they lost a lot of manpower. Yes. Because of some um, senior devout person leaving. And then um, we had to kind of go back and help fill some of the cracks that were there. Then I became a pujari. It was a very intense. We would have to get up and dress from do our service from four till about nine, and then again from about four to about ten, and then cook as well. In between, change your round, yeah, do everything yeah. you do. And then I was also running the drama department as well. Wow. So. Um, around the drama department. So there was a few devotees. So we used to do the dramas on Traveling Sankitan. And then uh, the theater, there were some other devotees, as I mentioned, back to it under place by the proper disciples. Then um, another group came over, the Vaikuntha players. Oh, the Vaikuntha famous. Devotees. Yeah, yeah, very, very famous, amazing players. Lohitaksha, Rasagya, um, what's his name? Um, Loka Mangala. Amazing, amazing actors. So then they were invited to come to England to try and, you know, have the theatre. So then I worked with them for a little while. But eventually they left because, you know, they were missing America or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to see, I say, also the weather-wise, uh, England is quite difficult to yeah. live there because there is always this drizzle, rain. You don't know to take the umbrella or the raincoat. Yeah. And if you take them, you get wet. And you know, yeah. it's always cold and... and you know, rarely you see the sun. So it's England is famous for knowing that you have four seasons in one yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> some little sun come out, everybody's mm. happy, then boom, rain come, the wind is that. So in 1984-85, then um, the responsibility of drama, Bhaktivedanta Place, was given to me and my friend uh, Dwokapuri. So then we had to produce plays for Janmashtami, Ramnomi, Koponim, Diwali, Time. So then that was our service, obviously with the other service as well. Then over the period of time, we became quite popular. Then we came to Mayapur, Shrida right. Mayapur, Kijai. <laughs> and my God, it was such a wonderful experience we had. When you do plays for the guests, they like it, they appreciate it. But I'm telling you from the core of my heart, when you do the place for the devotees, it's, different ball game. it's like a wave <laughs> of ecstasy. Level. They understand everything. They understand the pastime. And my God, you can see them so happy. And I remember when we did this place, it was always so full, so busy. And then 
Panchanjangri Prabhu was so happy. Panchanjangri. He was so happy with the place yeah, because yeah. he could relate, and he came to me, gave me a big hug, and he gave me a Radha Madhava silver goblet. Whoa. He said, "This is for your service, you know." So I still have that on my altar. Nice, nice gift given to me. So the twins would always have two seats over there, sitting yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah. And then we came about three or four times, and we've traveled to New York about twelve times. We traveled to Africa, East Africa. Uh, we're doing planning to go to East Africa in September, do some dramas and programs. There's another amazing, wonderful devotee called um, His Grace Tribhuvanath Prabhu. Amazing, proper disciple, and his service was festival program. So we had a very nice um, transcendental relationship because. He knew I was running the drama department, so it was always nice to me because he wanted the dramas for his festivals. We traveled all over the place doing festivals with him in um, Croatia, um, and then um, we went to. Um, it was known as Czechoslovakia. We went traveling everywhere. Um, Indra Dumna Maharaj took us around traveling. Bhakti Churu Maharaj took us to traveling South Africa everywhere. So yeah, those were the. How like, many people you were in the troop? So at the heydays, we had about fifteen good devotees, solid uh, crew. Yeah, because I remember when you came to Mabi, you were around ten, twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, we traveled around. Then you know, nothing stays the same forever. Change always takes place. The actors got married, that kids, they moved <laughs> away. Um, so. But somehow or another, there's been a steady core of just me and Dwoka and this one devotee, Radha Mohan. And then between us, we've just been just going, prodding it. Um, got to go back and do the Gopanim play. This year is the 50th anniversary of Radha Gokulananda. Wow. So we're going to do the whole... Big festival. Um, Leela of Bhaktisiddhanta sending his disciples and then how his... Prabhupada and his disciples and the whole George Harrison meeting with Chamashunda, the whole Leela, we're doing that until the installation. That is a long drama. It will take one hour or something. So, yeah, yeah, we've condensed it all in one hour. That's nice. Yeah, right from Bhaktisiddhanta um, giving his... That's a, that speech he gave, you know, when he's sending his disciples yes. over, you have to be like Hanuman, you know? Yes, take in the, the mission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you whether if of all these drama you've done in your life, many of them, hundreds of them, if somebody wants to see them, can they find them in YouTube or any other uh, platform? So there's some few limited kind of places you can see them. They're on um, YouTube. If you just type in Bhaktivedanta players, then about 15 okay. of them come. Okay. They're not the most professional because some people here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, they give you a good gist. There's okay. some really, really nice Ajamil. Uh, Bhakti Vinotako and Bishak Shaina. Then there's um, Ramaya, and there's so many there. There's the story of Abhimanyu, Sakshi Gopal. It's about 15. There's a nice comedy one called Taxi Tattva. This <laughs> <laughs> American comes to India in his first experience. It's Love really India. fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice for our audience to know because sometimes uh, you want to show it to the children yeah. or to your friend. That's a way, nice way to introduce Christian consciousness. So they can search on YouTube and find some of this wonderful drama. Even though they are not, uh, I used to say, maybe recorded professionally with many cameras. At the time, there was only somebody with a small dinky camera. But still, they're mm. very nice. One thing I remember is that our place, um, even though like we're not professionally trained, some people who were interested in Christian consciousness, they're professional actors who work in um, West End. When they come and see the place... They say, your place is so much more better than, than half one. of the stuff that goes. It's just that we don't have the finance or the backing or anything like that. And um, they just absolutely love the place, you know. I think it's because the devotee, they put their heart and they know the story. And they're doing, they know they're doing for the pleasure of Krishna and the yeah. Vaishnava. So then it's, it's a kind of, uh, you know, communication which goes directly from the heart. It's not just being an actor, it's like expressing yourself into that platform of service and love for the devotees, and Krishna that's, appreciate. Yeah, that's right. When Prabhupada spoke with the Vaikuntha place, he said that when you're in the right mood, you can actually invoke that particular personality. Um, 
and uh, you can imbibe those qualities. And also because the actors, they live by those kind of spiritual kind of standards which the plays are about. I remember once we went to see the Ramayan and we were all excited to see it, see how people kind of produce the Ramayan. They kind of, so the play was quite good. And then afterwards they were invited us to come and see the actor. So we went to go and see the actor Ram. But in the distance we could see him smoking secret. <laughs> and then we said, no, we don't want to see him. <laughs> we'll just go have some ice cream instead. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's a certain purity when you live that lifestyle, then that comes out. So it, it might not be like Shakespeare. It might not have the kind of training of a professional kind of an actor. Because that strong sincerity is there, then it comes out in the performance. And there was this one Western person, and we were doing that Ramayana. He said, I'm not sure what this is all about, but I've never, never been emotionally so surcharged. It's the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. I've seen people crying yeah. when we're doing drama, you know, and, and people just... Because, you know, you, you can make... We know the story, we know the pastime, and then you are kind of reviving. Yeah. You're living the, within that that story and the feeling of the Hanuman or the feeling of Ram and Sita and Lakshman. And this is so beautiful, it's amazing. Even uh, even the other day, I want to tell you, share with you, uh, one person purchased a Shuma Bhagavan and when start started to look inside, I said, who are these artists who painted all these things? Prabhupada said, these are the window to the spiritual world. And, uh, and I was explaining to him, these artists, they're not famous artists. They were just young kids who Prabhupada instructed how to do these paintings, you know. But they're so beautiful mm. because they put their heart. Maybe they were mm. not Picasso or Raffaello or Michelangelo, but, you know, this picture that's so, so, so beautiful. Very impressive. So similarly, if with any form of art, yeah. whether it's music or drama or painting or anything, you know, we do for the pleasure of the Lord, our motivation is to please Krishna and please the Vaishnava. So that changed the whole ball game. Prabhupada said that purity is the force. So if the actors are pure, then they'll come out in a pretty amazing way. Yes. So what was the most difficult, uh, let me say some question, what was the most difficult act you had to perform and which was very, you know, like kind of, uh, you know, unthinkable or difficult to do within your career? Of um, There's a couple of kind of um, things that comes to my mind. One of the ones we did, um, Tamar Krishna Maharaj did this Jagannath Priyanatikam. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But then we adapted that, and I was playing in King Indra Dumna, and there was like pages and pages of lines. You had to remember. So right? many. And we did it actually here in Sridhar Mayapur. I remember, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fall off my chair, actually. Yeah. I was falling asleep off my chair because it was really long, it was three, long. three hours. Yeah. I was one was one and a half hours. I condensed it to one and a half hours. So that was quite tough and challenging. Um, but my most um, intimate, the one that I kind of um, really, really kind of touched my heart was um, Biva Mangal Thakur. So um, we did that drama, and then um, Lohitaksha Prabhu, and I think uh, Sankitan Das, he wrote the script from New Vrindavan. And we took that script and we've done it, and then we've had people really, really, really crying and Oh, God. Very emotional. Yeah, even me, I just like crying. And another one we did was the passing away of Haridas Thakur. That's a beautiful. And we have this really nice, um, intimate theater at Bhaktivedanta Manor. Many devotees don't have the privilege in the West, so we have about a uh, theater with seats about 80 to 90 people. And if you do a drama in there, you can read. That's very yeah. 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 And we did this uh, passing away of Haridas Thakur. And the devotees were really, really stunned. It's a bit like that time when um, Prabhupada was playing Advaita Charya, and then afterwards there was drop silence. There was just like um, silence, and Prabhupada was saying that maybe they didn't like the play, but then they, when they turned the lights on, they could see people were crying and wet eyes. So it was a bit like that experience. Tell us some of the happiest moments in Krishna Consciousness for you? Um, book distribution, obviously, um, is one of the most highlights um, by the blessings of Krishna. 
uh, we managed to make some nice devotees when we were preaching and they become good devotees. One person we kind of gave his first book and preached to uh, Gadada. Um, he was a head pachari for 30 years. Um, the other one of the highlights was um, we were preaching in China for about one year and then um, just meeting the people over there, just soaking in this Prabhupada's books and just like, you know, wanting something more than what's already over there. And then they have this thing called English Corner. We used to kind of go there and preach to people, rather talk to people, rather just chat with them. So in an English Corner, the idea is that the Chinese students would go there and try and converse. Speak and learn and learn yeah. English language. Yeah. So when they know someone is proficient with English, then they kind of stick to you. So then they ask the usual question, who are you, where do you come from, what is your profession? And after that, and then uh, um, we tell them we'd um, study metaphysics. And then they say, what's metaphysics? And you go a little bit deeper. And those, that's the science of difference between the soul and the matter. And those who are interested, they stay. Those are not, then they wither away. And then we got some core kind of people staying. And then by the time we left there, we managed to make five devotees nice. in one year. Wow. And one of the person we made, he actually translated one of Srila Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita into the Chinese language. So that's one of the ones I always enjoyed, that my tiny, tiny little bit of endeavor helped someone become a devotee and help translate the Chinese Bhagavad Gita. So, yeah, that's uh, some of the highlights. And, of course, when you're doing the dramas, I remember we did one drama, and there was we did it in front of about 50,000 people. Wow. And, Which place? Um, there was, they had, like, like a Kumbha Mela kind of a thing oh, okay. in um, England. Oh, in England? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> With the naked sadhu also in England? Uh, no, 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 no. They weren't allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we did the play of Birth of Lord Krishna. Of course, there was Kumbha Mela, so there was loads of Mayavadis over there. But when they saw Krishna and Balaram come in the arena, Beautiful. Oh, they were smiling. With Chandramastik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the part you played, yes, I remember. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bhagavadam Rita Prabhu, Chandramastik. And there was like, um, after the play, there was about 40,000 people all clapping and things like that. We also did it in, in the... Uh, Gandhi Stadium in Delhi for the 96th centennial in front of about 15,000 people with the Ramayana. That was big. That was very, very nice. So there's different kind of nice instances. Um, another one was uh, we did the birth of Lord Krishna, the same one, and one kind of a guest came and he talked to me afterwards. He said, I don't know what that's all about, but I'm staying here. And he became a devotee. <laughs> he just was so impressed with the whole play. So Tribhavanath um, <clears throat> was told by Prabhupada that when you do dramas, just do Krishna Leela. Then he says, oh, I'm sure we do something contemporary or something. So Prabhupada you know, Krishna Leela. And then um, he was wondering, but the idea is that actually when you do Krishna Leela, even the people are not aware of it because the soul... is part of Krishna. <laughs> yeah, and because that's what Krishna enacts comes over here to do these leelas to try and attract us. So then there's some kind of, even though they've never seen it, people get really, really moved by it. I think it leaves an impression in their heart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, something happening which is unknown to them and unknown to us and unknown to anybody, but there's some kind of magic happen, yeah. we can say, because people get transformed just by hearing Lord Krishna's pastimes and then... Um, so this devoted to women, he would do like festivals with 800,000 people. Then afterwards, they would survey. Then uh, they would find out what worked, what didn't work. So three things always came to the top. Number one was prashadam. Everyone loved it. <laughs> Number two was the kirtans, especially the end kirtans. They were really vibrant. Tribhuvanath, that's incredible energy about him. And the third thing they would take was the drama. So these three things would always come out in the top. On whatever was on the stage program. Very attractive. Yeah. 
Amazing. Okay, tell us a bit about uh, the challenges of the future now. You, you have been in Mayapur for many, many years. You see a lot of changes. The big city is coming up. Today, while bringing you here, I was telling you, hey, you should come and spend more time here. Come <laughs> and spend six months here with us. And maybe we can still do some drama. There is There are many devotees here who, do, who are very you know, amazing to want to learn. You can run a school, mm. learn mm. how to play drama with children, with... Now, it could be a nice program, but, but tell us what's your future. What, how do you see yourself in 10 years or in five years doing this Christian Conscious wonderful programs and how you, how you see the challenges, how you see the, you know, the things which are going to unfold for you in your service? The challenges, um, is, I think, which is there in ISKCON is the legacy of passing the baton or giving it to the next generation. Of course. So some or other, incredibly, some of the devotees who came in the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s, they somehow or other stuck through the thick and thin, whatever different ups and downs of ISKCON. So those devotees stuck to their kind of services. So some or other, even through our ups and downs, me and Dwokapuri just been... Steady. Steady, steady, oh, steady. 13, 14 steady. Years. So it's hard to find, even like, like in a Kami job, when before people worked in the 70s. They stick for the company for 30 years. years you get a gold handshake, you get a gold watch or something. But nowadays, people, people change, changing change. constantly, constantly. Jumping, jumping. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's one of the big challenges is to try and find someone in any fields within ISKCON to just like stick to it. And the thing with the drama thing, uh, because with the challenges ISKCON faces with so many things, drama, cultural things are there right at the rock bottom, bottom you see. So we're very fortunate. Bhakti Chiru Maharaj, he was very, very much into these things and he kind of tried to promote that. And um, But overall, I mean, everybody likes seeing a drama. Everybody likes having a laugh. Everybody likes to be entertained. Literally everybody likes to be entertained, you know. I mean, entertainment business is a multi-billion industry, you know. Um, so we all love to be entertained, but um, the problem is no one wants to put the energy into trying to make, and all my troopers are all volunteers. Right. And so they all just do it nice. out of the devotional service or because they enjoy doing the drama, but none of them, even when we come to my old travel, anywhere, we just they pay for our tickets accommodation and thus we don't get paid. So at the moment, there's no real kind of um, way that we can sustain actors so they can carry on. It's just done more on a voluntary basis. And when you're that, that's a bit flaky, isn't it? Because it change, keep on changing people. Changing, or I can't make it yeah. or this or that. So I think you have to build up some kind of form by which you can... Uh, you see, in ancient time, I believe that uh, the the king used to sponsor all the yeah, arts. Yeah. You know, even I remember at the time of Bhagwan Maharaj was he was the sponsor of all the artists and music. So there was a revival in Italy, for example, for all the arts. And the, what happened is that when, whenever there is no king or there is no leader or there is nobody who's supporting you then it's become difficult for you to perform in art at the same time, yeah. maintain yourself and your family and kids and moving around. So it becomes almost an impossible situation because how can you possibly spend hours training yourself at the same time, have a job at the same time, yeah. carry for the kids, send them to school, this, that, so many things. So, But I think in Mayabur would be more appropriate if you, if, if I'm not wrong, to build up something like yeah. this because it's a big city growing up and we have a lot of people who are staying here, more than 7,000 devotees, 7,500 devotees, which are 50-50 Indian, 50-50 uh, foreigners. So you, you will get a spectrum of uh, maybe it would be nice to start a school and you come and spend six months <laughs> here and when you start to train the children and the people who are interested in and become a professional because you can train people. You have been a professional artist for more than 40 years, so you can definitely give some tips and some advice. I know and that would be nice. I mean, that definitely would be very, very nice. Um, but um, I have to be realistic. I think like um, my kind of um, commitment or my kind of 
anchor is at the manor because mm-hmm. of my you know responsibilities but you know on the positive side i'm working what we call with the bhaktivedanta junior players so we have about um 10 kids uh, from the age of about 9 till about 14 so and we do dramas with them so they do a janmashtami nashere festival so then hopefully you know as they grow up and they remain involved they'll, they'll grow up into that and they like it and then they'll carry on the baton that's nice of course we have bhakti mark swami who comes every year put up a drama for the festival yeah. he brings his own props and stuff yeah. he catches on the way from here and there make the act and it works out always yeah. okay but it's different style but uh, nice But I believe that the drama is a, a performance to communicate with people and people that are really interested in seeing this. And that's the scope in my book, we're going to have every week a drama yeah. because there is tons of people. And if we say under the Samadhi, we have a beautiful auditorium which can accommodate maybe three, four hundred people. Mm. And if we say we have a drama from this time to this time, people will love to see it. So just consider it for the future. Definitely, uh, definitely. If Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda wills it, then let's see why not the lord will satisfy everybody's desire yeah definitely yeah okay so then uh i you saw the changes in mayapur from whenever you came first you came in 19 what 70 1980 uh, 80 okay mm. from 1980 to now today tell us what you saw these things exploding there was nothing in 1980 there was Only rice field everywhere, yeah. building, few devotees. <clears throat> of course, there's a, a personal one feeling, and then there's obviously the external, internal, and external feelings. That's your personal one. <laughs> so the personal, obviously, like you know, we went to see the temple of Vedic planetarium. We went to the top, and you could see one side was all rice fields. Yes, and one side you could see all construction. But we know that Shilpa Prabhupad wanted a nice city, you know, to house fifty thousand people. So inevitably, um, it was not just meant to grow rice; it was meant to kind of, you know, attract people Absolutely. to the philosophy of um, Krishna consciousness. So, although we miss that intimate, although we miss the rice fields, although we miss those kind of uh, moments, I think sometimes we have to see the greater picture of trying to help. Um, spread this Krishna consciousness. Yes, the Prabhupada himself said that you know, like um, I'll be happy just to chant Hare Krishna under a tree, but who is going to come and listen to me? But if you have a nice temple, then even I think you have this cruise. Um, one of my friend's neighbor, um, he went on this Ganga cruise actually, and then uh, as they were going by, then they saw this. Oh, can we stop that? Because there's not meant to be a stop here. Yeah. yeah. But they stopped here, and they said oh, they had a really fantastic experience. Of course. So there are, you know, nice positive development going on. There's definitely many wonderful devotees. There's, you know, the temple. I went there and saw it. You know, I got a little bit of a VIP treatment because I went to places that others aren't allowed um, by Narayan's grace, um, and um, it's absolutely breathtaking. And I think um, when It all finally opens. It's going to attract so many, many, many more people, more devotees over here, and they can be a nice model. Um, how to have cottage industries? How to kind of um, live in peace and harmony, and live your life in a simple living and high thinking. Nice. That's wonderful. So you're going to go back to England in a, in a couple of weeks. That's right. A couple of weeks. I'm going to go back. Gopunim is coming, so I've got my drama service. So uh, we're doing a the pastime of um, Nimai's uh, parents, and from there it's going to go to the thieves, the two thieves that oh, are nice. stealing Nimai. Then from there it's going to go into Nimai and Kashmir Pandit, and then the final scene we're doing is uh, when Lord Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya meet for the first time, wow. and it's going to finish with a grand explosive kirtan. How long is the kirtan? How long is the, the play? Is about forty-five minutes. That's very nice. Yeah, that's nice. So we try not to make it too long because yeah, before people could sit an hour, hour and a half. But now. even now, you know, so now even we've decided play should be f- half an hour to fifty minutes maximum. Now, 
to get the best. So after that, you know, the mind is. You know? uh, the phone or this yeah, and that. Yeah. The phone is uh, such a big distraction nowadays, such a huge distraction. So then after that, then we'll get ready for um, Nishinga Day uh, drama. And then um, the temple is organizing many festivals, so we'll be doing drama. So I wrote a play. Um, everyone knows the famous film Matrix. Yeah, know? of course, Matrix. Matrix 1, 2, 3, how many? Yeah. So I wrote a a drama called Maya Tricks. Maya Tricks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Maya Tricks is so basically the concept is there's the illusionary world and then there's the real world which is a spiritual world. So then you have the same kind of scenario. Then the, the red pills and the blue pills. <laughs> yeah, so then we have the situation. Anyway, I'll come to that part. So we have the situation. This guy's working in this kind of booth like um, Neo is and then He's getting pressure from that pressure. And then um, Morpheus, which we say is a Paramatma or a devotee, comes to him. And the boss in one side is getting a, asking him, you have to do this, get a promotion, deadlines, this and that. And he's getting pressure from his girlfriend. You know, she wants commitment to get married and this and that. And then he's all kind of depressed and he's in the park and he gets a hamburger. Then Morpheus, who's a Paramatma devotee, comes and sees him and says, look, eat this samosa, it's much more nicer and healthier. So it's like the red pill or the <laughs> blue, blue pill, so, you know, hamburger or the samosa. So he eats a samosa and it blows his mind, you know. Then, you know, then in that way, you know, um, so that play we're going to be nice. doing in the... It's going to be nice play, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to dress them like yeah. Morpheus and yeah. all I, this. I played Morpheus. Oh, wow. That's amazing. See, that's the creativity. We can, we can do a lot of things. We yeah. can do a lot of, we can say, inspirational for people to reconsider their life, what they're doing, mm. and what are the value base of their life, and why the value everything or what the scientists say or what yeah. the materialist people say. Especially society at the moment <laughs> is like kind of, you know, some kind of a, Difficult situation Absolutely. with all the COVID, with all the kind of craziness that's going around the with war. the wars and the prices and the inflation. And people are just very, very confused about life, you know. So this person, Neo, is like in that same situation, very, very confused. So the Paramatma, the devotee, comes and gives him this an alternative way of thinking. You have to think outside the box. Nice. That's a nice play. Then I did another play. It was called Time Loop. So everybody likes this kind of place. Yeah, you go around the round, kind of you keep on the same You know, like place. Groundhog Day. So then you, every day you wake up is the same day. So then uh, I wrote this play, Time Loop. So then he meets about four different people. He meets someone on the train. Then he meets someone there. Then he meets a devotee. Then he meets his boss. And he has all different interaction with them. And then when he's going back, then he has a train cra crash. And then he dies. Then he wakes up the same morning. And he goes through the same whole procedure, meeting the same people. So first one is confused, and second one is like, obviously with the devotee, he gets a book about re reincarnation and karma. So then at the end, when the train crashes, then you have an out-of-body experience. And then he realizes, actually, um, there's a diff here. Yeah. And we have a nice kind of a flute, and Krishna is there waiting, you know, giving him direction to come this way, you know. Amazing. So beautiful. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah. We did it for some Western uh, people and they really, really enjoyed it. Time loop. Natural. <laughs> so which other way we can inspire people in uh, in the drama format or which way? Maybe you should keep on writing more and more of this. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if we can somehow or another inspire the youth because the youth isn't it, they're going to be the next kind of foundation, the next kind of generation. Um, I'm not sure who, um, Socrates or whoever, he may be one of those guys from Greek, said that if the society doesn't invest in the children or the youth, then you have a society that's going to be dysfunctional. Absolutely, yes. So I would say it's the young kids, if you can somehow another, you know, because that's why I, I was only like... Um, 10, 12, and I did my first drama, and as I say, I was hooked on it. So when you give them that kind of chance, and some will might kind of go or just do it for fun, or yeah, it was nice, but some will stay on, you know, and then they'll see 
the transformation of the people, the audience, the impact it has on the, you know, preaching. And then um, they'll want to do it more and more and try and involve others. And also the purification, but just by doing it, because you, yeah. you know the story and it's something which you experience, something you can never forget. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> and then also as a person in the plate, then actually this is an amazing benefit that you can always think of because, you know, you have to study the scriptures, make sure it's all right, writing the script, and then going to the whole motion, then acting and trying to understand the person's character. And then, you know, you actually get quite absorbed in the smaranam, the leelas and things like that. Sometimes when I give a class, the devotee says, oh, you gave a very, very good class. It's only because, like, I know all the different stories from the <laughs> drama. <laughs> naturally, naturally. I think with something which remains with people is the emotions. Yeah. You know, it's not much about uh, the philosophy. And, of course, this emotion brings uh, some value to their life as well because people start to think, you know, what am I doing? How can I change? How can I improve? Which way I did something wrong? How can I, you know, always become a better person, better on myself? So th because this is a value-based uh, kind of teaching that Krishna gives us in, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Bhagavadam, in the Ramayana. In ancient time, people didn't have television or Netflix or mm. mobile phones, so they sit in the village in the night and they do bhajan. And there is one of them speak about the Ramayana story. So interesting that next day you say, okay, tomorrow night again, you know. So this was the entertainment. Yes, and then bhakti literally translates as emotions, isn't it? Because that's what all, all the devotees, they have emotions, just by jnana, not by dhyana, all those different kind of ways. So like my own personal experience coming to Krishna consciousness was based on emotions, it wasn't philosophy, it wasn't this, it was the emotion the devotees gave me. And that's very powerful, you know? yeah. especially when you see the mercy of the devotee taking nice care of you yeah. and going out of their way to accommodate you and to take care, to see that you are, uh, you know, nicely, you know, fed, nicely accommodated, nice. It's such, it, such a personal touch that actually yes. goes a long way, really very does go well. a long way. I think it leaves uh, something in your heart which you like to share with others. Yeah. Sometimes. I think Indra Dunamaj had that experience when Vishnu John Swami went to his house, you know, and that left a, like an emotional kind of a craving for some more than he became a devotee. I think this is a, the secret of success. Is now we're not going to conquer the society by just philosophy. Mm. We can distribute a lot of books, but if, if people, they come in contact with devotee and they can see that these people, they're different. Yeah. They have something which we don't have, you know. They're not willing to compromise. They're not willing to, not that we are very strict or anything, but just because they're very personal and they're very approachable. And they start to see that these people, they don't see me as my dress. They see me as a spirit soul, as an eternal servant of Krishna. And then it's different relations, it's a different ball game altogether. So people can can feel something different, which... Which everybody's looking for. Definitely. Everybody's looking for love. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this bhakti is nothing but changing lust into love. Yeah. Krishna Prema. So where is the love, you know? So is my girlfriend love me? Is my <laughs> wife love me? Is my boyfriend love me? Is my father love me? Or is it just a compromise? So yeah. people start to think. There's always some condition, isn't it? There's always something you want in return, you know? So that's the way the material world is kind of based on. But if you have that unalloyed, pure intention of helping that person and care for them, they'll feel that. I think that's the success of yeah. our yeah. life is that we can, you know, actually share the love which we receive. Yeah. Like you receive love from the devotee, you know, you want to share that with yeah. others. And people say, oh, why are you so nice with me? No, no, just, that's the way I was treated, that's the way I treat you. Yeah. It's a natural thing. So, you, any other thing you'd like to share with us today? Um, I mean, you know, obviously, as far as Krishna consciousness is concerned, it's not always easy to be positive. It's not always easy. Once one devotee asked me, you know, you've been through like um, all the different decades of ISKCON. 
how come you're still here? How come you didn't <laughs> go with the, you know, Ganga down to the, you know, Bay of Bengal? <laughs> and I think the whole thing is you just got to have that shudder, that faith, and just, you know, um, just stay, come rain, sunshine, wind, whatever it is, you know, um, ups and downs. I always, always love this Bhaktisiddhanta's quote, um, his final kind of instructions. Difficulties will be always there. Differences will always be there. But if you're sincere to kind of serve Rupa and Raghunath, then um, all those things will seem nothing. Insignificant. Yeah. I think every day we make a choice from the moment we wake up in the morning and we say, I want to be Christian consciousness. Yeah. I want to be happy. Yeah. I want to remember all the good things that people yeah. did for me and I want to do the same thing for others. And therefore, I am willing to share uh, the love which Krishna gives to us. And only Krishna can give us that love in our heart. And also, why not sharing with other people? And it doesn't matter, the whole world goes up and down, the war, this, that, financial problem, this devotee left, that guy ran away, whatever it is, but, eh. It's you know. that uh, word in the neck of devotion, utsahan. Utsahan, yeah. So you want to be enthusiastic, and you can keep that enthusiastic if you chant nice round in the morning, yeah. if you have faith, shraddha, as you say, in yeah. the scriptures, and you have good association, that's it. Is a is a success story. Yeah, and Prabhupada said that to um, to Parada. If you just carry on, then one day when you're distributing books, when you look, you'll actually see Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda face to face. Amazing. Also, somebody was standing for the demigods when they see us. They see us. We are part of Lord Chaitanya's movement. Yeah. Because before Lord Chaitanya came, some people came to assist him. Then when Lord Chaitanya comes. There are so many other devotees come. And after Lord Chaitanya leaves, there are many other come, and Prabhupada comes and establish, uh, reestablish the Sampradaya and Bhakti. So we are part of that. Prabhupada Nuga, we are part of Lord Chaitanya's movement. We are the soldier of Lord Chaitanya, and mm. our mission <laughs> is to preach Christian consciousness in, in whatever possible way. And, but unless we are inspired ourselves, how can we inspire others? So. One devotee interestingly wrote that when you look at the Bhagavatam, the 12 cantos, um, because it's all kind of chronological, kind of different pastimes and things like that. And in the future, because we are now living that experience of Lord Chaitanya's um, expansion, the future generation you were talking about, one day they'll write a 13th or 14th canto about us <laughs> spreading Lord Chaitanya's mission, you know. <laughs> Your name will be written in the next Chaitanya Charitamrita. I don't know about mine, <laughs> but you know, because, um, yeah, this is actually transcendental. Um, we were just reading about that, you know, although it might seem mundane, but actually it's, you know, done for the benefit of um, pleasure of Krishna and the devotees and become spiritualized. Absolutely. And Krishna loves us more than what we love him. Yeah. So then definitely the mercy is very tangible and... Okay, I'd like to thank you very much, uh, Jai Krishna Prabhu, for spending some time with us today. And uh, please invite all your friends to come and visit Mayapur and spend some time with us. Take bath in the Ganges, take a lot of prasadam, and listen to Radio Mayapur, which is the link to your heart. Actually, on that last note, since you yes. mentioned the Ganges, one of the interesting things that happened to me about 15 years ago, I was swimming in the Ganges, and... Um, I got caught up in a whirlpool. Oh, Krishna. And then uh, my gumsha came off and my feet got tangled up and I was being pulled underneath and my kids were there. And then I quickly tried and go upstairs, but the pool was very strong. And um, I was waving at them and I could see on the faces they were like really shocked. And then they were trying to come to save me. I said, don't come, don't come. And the thing pulled me down. It was all happening in such quick few seconds. And then again, I struggled to try and go back up, you know, and I was very attached. I didn't want to die. I remember all that thoughts. And then I could see um, Prabhupada Samadhi, and I said, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. And then, um, then I went down, and then I tried to go back up again the third time, but I couldn't go back up. And then I said, Ganga, if you want to take me, take me. Then I put my hands up, and as I put my hands up, Surrender, then one hand came inside the Ganga and pulled me up and pushed me onto the boat. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not anybody special, but 
when you do surrender, and somehow or another, I wasn't expecting, you know, that boat meant to come because I was all freaking out in my mind. I'm not a good swimmer. And, you know, the whirlpools yeah. in Ganga are very, very strong. So somehow or another, yeah, that was a very, very important junction in my life that um, when I, Atman even said, Ganga, if you want to take me, take me. And that's the time the guy came. He took me. <laughs> You had some more drama to do, come on. Yeah. Not to go so fast. <laughs> yeah, everybody has amazing experience in Krishna consciousness. Everybody has some miracle, I'm sure they experience. So amazing. Anyway, thank, thank you, you so much Hare once Krishna. again. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Jai Krishna Prabhu. Please do come again and spend more time with us and we'll do some more drama together. Hare thank you. Hare thank you. Hare You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur.